It's kind of too bad that the reading left out the juicy parts in the middle, <laughs> because uh, left out of the reading of Judges 5 uh, are Deborah's um, encomium to Jael, who put the tent peg in Sisera's head, because Deborah called her most blessed of women. And Deborah herself in this song is called Mother of Israel. And those two lines have been actually very important in how the term has, how the, how the song has been understood. So the song of Deborah in Judges 5 celebrates in poetry the victory that marks the end of 20 years of cruel oppression under King Jabin of Canaan. Oppression that was viewed as punishment for doing evil in the sight of the Lord after the judge Ehud died. Deborah praises the leaders who stepped up to the plate and got involved, and the people who followed them. But she also criticizes the tribes who were indecisive, who hung back, or refused to get involved at all. Like many others, Barak was very reluctant in getting involved with battling King Jabin of Hatzor. But finally, Barak agreed to go and lead in battle only if Deborah went with him. For his conditional obedience, Barak was shamed. As Deborah prophesied, the Lord would sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. That woman, of course, was Jael, whom Deborah praises as most blessed of women. This rather bloody story, which we kind of left out, but really is in there, uh, this bloody story is part of the larger story of Israel's taking of the land the settling of the land, the defiling of the land, and the eventual exile and return to the land. Stories of the taking and possessing of the land are particularly unpalatable to modern readers of scripture. When I read Judges 5 with a group of women at church a few weeks ago, they responded by saying they hadn't read this story in a long time and that they didn't like this story particularly the gory parts. And I think that's a pretty normal response for many people. Modern readers are not the only ones who've been troubled by this story. Readers through history wrestled with the question of what to make of Deborah, a female judge, a prophet, and a warrior who is praised in the song as mother of Israel. They are even more puzzled by Jael's bloody assassination of Sisera. And Sisera's mother was also troubling, as she is depicted as anxiously awaiting her son's return, only to be reminded by her maids that, along, that he, along with his warriors, would be dividing the spoil, a womb or two for every man. The history of the interpretation of Judges 5 shows us that most readers have traditionally ignored, eliminated, as we did, or reinterpreted the story so as to fit their own conceptions of what we could and did, of what women could and did achieve in history. Almost every aspect of Deborah's identity elicited comments by 19th century interpreters. Her identity as a civil leader and judge, for example, was used by some to, to justify claims that women could hold positions of political and religious power and authority. According to one Methodist minister and women's rights advocate in 1877, he said, the position of Deborah 
appears to have been much the same as that of the President of the United States, with the additional functions of judge and cleric. He in fact said, hence this woman, Deborah, was President, Supreme Judge, and Right Reverend in the Theocratic Republic of Israel. Others who opposed women's public leadership explained that Deborah's role was exceptional. Commentator Elizabeth Baxter was very troubled by Deborah's public leadership and viewed her as an exception, arguing that she had to leave because the men weren't carrying out their God-given leadership roles. Others praised Deborah's intelligence as a judge and poet and assumed she was well-educated and used her example as an argument for equal education for women. But Deborah was not the only woman to elicit great comment in the 19th century. J.L.'s inhospitable, duplicitous, and unladylike actions ran counter to shared expectations that women were peacemakers, nurturers, trustworthy, hospitable, and passive in the realm of politics and war. Elizabeth Cady Stanton regarded J.L.'s action as, quote, more like the work of a fiend than of a woman, unquote. But what of Deborah's high praise of J.L., most blessed of women? Most interpreters who had high regard for the authority of scripture felt a need to justify J.L.'s behavior. They drew on the differences between primitive and enlightened cultures and the notion and between peaceful and warlike conditions to make sense out of J.L.'s actions. Annie de Rothschild, for example, said, treason was accepted and even praised by an oppressed and struggling people in that early dawn of civilization. Others invoked the notion of situational ethics. One early Anglican revisionist boldly stated that Deborah was wrong in her valuation of jail as most blessed of women. And she explained it away as being part of Deborah's post-battle enthusiasm that led her to sing an uninspired song. But Deborah's song does more than shame the men who refuse to fight battles and praise men and women warriors against fighting God's enemies. It also acknowledges the female victims of war. Harriet Beecher Stowe argued that Jael killed the tiger Sisera, who ravished women and children, and in doing so, she prevented the deaths of those Sisera and his men would have raped. Deborah's song in Judges 5, then, has inspired many to reflect on important issues related to women's roles, women's education, and even the timely question of violence against women in times of war. It has also provoked many to find the religious and moral meaning in the text in allegorical or typological readings. Eddie Wusnan, for example, calls all her readers to be a spiritual jail and nail down to the ground her Sisera. That is, her coldness and hardness of heart and our grievous besetting sins. 
The pseudonymous Anglo-Catholic writer M.G. similarly calls readers to fight Sisera and the Canaanites, whom she sees as figures for Satan and his army. She says, fight them bravely as men. I find all these readings interesting and provocative. Sometimes they tell us more about the interpreters than the text. And they remind us of how creative our foremothers and fathers were sometimes as they tried to make moral and spiritual sense out of a song that celebrates victory over the Canaanites, that valorizes those who fought and shamed those who refused to fight. A song that praises women in leadership and heroic duplicity and calls attention to the practice of the victimization of women that often follows battle. These readings, however, also force us back to the ancient song of Deborah itself, where a close reading reveals that the primary focus of Deborah's song is the celebration of God's victory. To be sure, human actors in the story of God's victory are celebrated, but none of the deliverers could have taken decisive action without the actions of all the other players, Barak, Deborah, Jael, and the men who courageously battled Jabin's forces were all needed to bring victory. But ultimately, as Deborah's song celebrates, the victory was given to Israel by God. Let me read verse 4 and 5. Lord, when you went out with, from Seir, when you marched from the region of Edom, the earth trembled, the heavens dropped, Yes, the clouds dropped water. The mountains quaked before the Lord, even Sinai before the Lord, the God of Israel. It was God's battle, and they were God's warriors. The defeat of the enemies included Sisera, who died at Jael's hands, and that, too, was God's victory. The poem concludes, So may all your enemies perish, O Lord but your friends be like the sun as he rises in his might. And the land had rest for 40 years. In Deborah's song then, we celebrate God's victory. And this victory led to 40 years of peace in the land God had promised so long before to his people. Deborah's victory song, which scholars agree is older than the prose account in chapter four, and likely among the oldest passages in the Old Testament, this song continues to speak to us today. One of the women in my Bible study who was, finding the who was fighting the pressures of life and finding ministry overwhelming felt encouraged by this text. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake, and sing a song. Arise, Barak. Our call is not to a battle against the Canaanites to repossess the land taken away because of disobedience. The conquest of Canaan happened once, and it is no more. But God's people continue to battle for truth, righteousness, and justice. Many Christians today face threatening battles at every turn, both inside and outside the church. The Song of Deborah calls us to remember 
that when God calls us to awake and rise to battle, real and spiritual enemies, we are not alone. These are the Lord's battles. This passage always also has a forward look, and it takes us to the book of Revelation and John's vision of the ultimate battle which Jesus as bridegroom fought and won. There too, the ultimate victory for the land is celebrated in song. Let me, let me read a part of Peterson's paraphrase of Revelation 19. I heard a sound like massed choirs in heaven singing, Hallelujah, the salvation and glory and power are God's. His judgments true, his judgments just. Then more singing, Hallelujah, the smoke from her burning billows up high to, sorry, the smoke from her burning billows up high to heaven forever and ever and ever. And then I heard the sound of massed choirs, the sound of a mighty cataract, the sound of thunder. Hallelujah, the master reigns, our God, the sovereign strong. Let us celebrate, let us rejoice, let us give him the glory. The marriage of the Lamb has come. I conclude our, um, this morning with comments uh, from Spurgeon on Judges 5. And Spurgeon's comments call us to go forth from here today, giving thanks to Jesus, our Lord Christ, for our deliverance from sin and death. This is what he writes, and I quote, Deborah sang concerning the overthrow of Israel's enemies and the deliverance given to the tribes. We have a far richer theme for music. We have been delivered from worse enemies and saved by a greater salvation. Let our gratitude be deeper. Let our song be more jubilant. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs>